0: what's up you guys sean ross sap here for the fightful.com wrestling podcast a bit of a, a weekend wrap-up podcast i have for you here we had new japan g1 special night one and two as well as impact tna global force slam anniversary i don't know what their name is right now what we're being told like multiple things by everybody from pr to jeff jarrett to their own signage so we will get into that they're to be honest, there's not a whole lot to talk about on that Anniversary show. But we will tackle uh, the G1 special right away. I'm not going to go into great detail about a lot of those eight-man tags, six-man tags, stuff like that. But, but I will touch on everything. We started last night. Now, by the way, my match ratings are up 8 a.m. following every Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, Pay-Per-View. The same goes with these. Uh, my night one match ratings are up. On uh, at Fightful.com for Night 1. Night 2 will be up tomorrow, as well as Slammiversary. I thought last night they kicked it off with a bang with the best multi-man tag match that they had with Rapongi Vice, Briscoes, Will Ospreay defeating the Bullet Club. I thought it was a really good idea to kick off this situation with the Bullet Club, or Bullet Club. There's no the. Especially Young Bucks. Uh, this is the spot fest that you would expect, but to get this crowd warm, I thought that was understandable and good. Why wouldn't this be a spot fest? It's it's tough to employ psychology with ten dudes in a match. Uh, there was this one spot I really enjoyed where Marty Skirl was kicked off the apron and this umbrella-like, almost comically floated down. Yes, thank you for noticing the beautiful shirt. I will be star-spangled all week, my friend. Somebody says, why is Fightful even covering these events? They never, ever covered the other shows and usually crap on Impact. Why cover an event that you don't follow or care about? Hey, homeboy, we have covered every episode of Impact, every Impact pay-per-view since uh, since we have started over at Fightful.com. There you go. Also, we've covered every New Japan show as well, and we do podcasts after the major ones. Bad Luck Foley hit this awesome Bad Luck Fall over the top rope uh, onto a crowd of of wrestlers. It was really awesome. Uh, when the when Bullet Club lost, I think it was Matt Jackson that said, "I have a deal at Hot Topic. I can't lose on TV." Bummer. Uh, the the real bummer was we were told a lot of these were going to be commercial free, but that wasn't the case. We got plenty of Sammy Hagar on access. Second match was Los Ingonables uh, de Japón against uh, Dragon Lee, Jushin Liger, Liger, uh, Titan, and Volador Jr. Jim Ross was really struggling here, and this would be a theme. Jim Ross's commentary was lackluster. He's getting up there in years, and even though he's been calling New Japan for quite a while, he still struggled here. Josh Barnett did too, but not nearly as much because there were things like Josh, like Jim Ross was arguing the correct pronunciation of Tomohiro Ishii's name. It's Ishii, and he tried to argue that it wasn't. Not good, not good. Um, Liger got a great ovation. That was really cool to see. There was a unique, like, concerto spot where the chair was, like, racked around a guy's neck, and they hit the bottom part, and it swung around, like almost a merry-go-round. This was another spot fest, but it was a much different than the first match, and I didn't enjoy it. Not enjoying it was also the theme of Jay Lethal versus Hangman Page. They want the Adam Page thing to work like really, really bad. But he does shooting star shoulder blocks from the apron, so it's probably not going to. I don't understand that move. I don't know how it works. Uh, lethal is still really busted up from that all-time great ass kicking that Silas Young a Beer City Bruiser gave him best in the world. That was That was great. That was a really, really good one, and it, it set the tone for this tournament as well. Also, what didn't make sense to me was Jay Lethal screaming out the name of the movie he's about to do before he does it, which doesn't make a lot of sense. That springboard cutter doesn't make a lot of sense either. Little things like that keep me from enjoying that, that match. Uh, however, I really enjoyed uh, Zack Sabre Jr. against Juice Robinson. This, Juice Robinson was going nowhere in NXT. Absolutely nowhere. And he just, he completely changed things up and gave it a go in Japan and it's, it's working out for him. Great. It's funny for all the talk that Zach Sabre doesn't look the part that he has the perfect body type for a real fighter, an MMA fighter. I always just thought that was kind of funny. Zach Sabre's offense is really something to behold. Uh, I know a lot of you are going to get to see that for the first time with some of these shows. Imagine being Juice Robinson coming back and getting this type of ovation when you used to get crickets in NXT. So uh, that was really cool. A very good match, a, a very very good match. I thought uh, Juice in in this tournament fit very well. He he got a great reaction, and and that makes me that makes me happy to see that, that he did that. David Finley, Jay White, Kashida, and Tanahashi defeated Tanaka. Kamatsu, ta- Yoshitatsu, and Billy Gunn. Kushida trolling Billy Gunn was pretty great. Uh, I don't know what the hell Finley was wearing, but uh babyfaces get the win. It's really there's really not a lot to add about that. Uh IWGP heavy, or Tag Team Championship War Machine defeated Gorillas of Destiny to uh, become the IWGP tag team champions. This became a a no DQ match, which was probably the right call. Uh, whoever thought Camacho would end up being back on United States wrestling TV. Definitely, definitely never, uh, thought that was happening. People still asking about my shirt. What is Tuesday? What is the, you fools. If you're watching, uh, or you're listening via audio, I'm wearing star spangled gear. Get over it. This is a straight up brawl. Uh, I got a problem with Tongaloa, Man. He buries, like, that clothesline that Hanson did running back and forth to the corners. He's, like, waving it on. This dude treats a lot of stuff like it's a joke. Like, we saw the thing where he cursed repeatedly during that match. Like, the dude's acting like his dad and his brother didn't get him this job. They absolutely did. I don't understand that. Like, maybe he buys into himself a little bit more. I have no doubts that he's a badass dude. He's Haku's son, but. Uh, I didn't like that. Uh, there was a spine buster on Tonga, or yeah, on Tonga, onto Tongaloa. And then Tongaloa does a powerbomb on the chairs on Ray Rowe. That was really cool, too. They even brought over the Japanese tables, like the really uh, uh, small tables. And for what I said about Tongaloa's uh, no cell, there was this one where he ate like a punch or something and was like, no. Then he got knee in the face, and he went stiff and nodded his head like, okay, I'm going to sell that one. I'm going to sell that one. I thought that was kind of funny, especially considering like that, that had gotten on my nerves a little bit. Tomohiro Ishii defeated uh, Tatsuya Naito. I tweeted yesterday that Ishii somehow looks 190 and 320 pounds at the same time. Naito translates so well into uh, to America. This is what Roman Reigns probably should have been if they wanted to make him like super, super, super over. It's just the perfect salvation of a shit direction is Tetsuya Naito, so good for him. He has one of the smoothest-looking super-fragrant sanders I've ever seen in my life. And Naito spit in his face. That, that's going to translate to any language doing that. Ishii gets planted with a gross-looking tornado DDT, There's a few times where I thought maybe the count was actually a three. I'm not a big fan of Red Shoes' work, uh, but Ishii picks up the win. This was a fine match, but yeah, I thought Tetsuya Naito translated very, very well. Also translating well, uh, Kenny Omega and Michael Elgin. This was probably my favorite match of the entire weekend. Elgin's strength is one of those things that's never going to fail to impress me, I think. Like, it's... And it, I don't did you all see that that Jack Swagger picture? Like Jack Swagger made Michael Elgin look like a toddler. Ma- Michael Elgin's built at 5'10. That means he's probably closer to 5'7 and a 5'8. Jack Swagger's a legit like 6'4, I think. So he uh, looked like uh, he looked giant in comparison to Elgin. There was a missed countout spot. It was hard to tell whose fault it was here. Omega slammed Elgin like kind of late in the count. And I think that may have caused it. But, I mean, if you're, if you're red shoes, slow down that cadence a little bit. Help him out. Elgin uh, took forever doing a clothesline spot and then did the Terminator clap and the crowd wasn't happy about it. But they they popped big when Omega reversed it. There was just a psychotic Avalanche Avalanche Splash Mountain powerbomb from Elgin. It was really good. The knees, nobody throws better knees in pro wrestling, maybe ever, than Kenny Omega. And several of them I would have bought as finishes. Uh, You've got to see them to believe them, especially in this match. Go out of your way to watch this. This was awesome. Kenny Omega won. I'm going to glow about the dude throughout the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to insert Slammiversary right in the middle, though, so you'll have to listen to it, though. It won't be long, I, I assure you. Somebody asked, will Kenny Omega ever come to the WWE or NXT? Uh, he has a standing offer to appear on NXT pretty much whenever he wants, but hasn't, hasn't really taken it yet. Guys, please leave me a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe, like, all that stuff. Visit Fightful.com. Uh, we have live coverage and discussion of, of every major New Japan show live. We're, we're there at the wee hours of the morning and for events like this. Okada defeated Cody Rhodes in what I think is Cody Rhodes' best match of all time, like that he's ever done. He was doing like a lot of stalling and posing for my liking, but he's a heel, so whatever. I mean, y- you'll have that. Deep into the match, Cody hits a really awesome super arm drag. He goes out of his way to try new things to add to his repertoire to make himself uh, more appealing, and and uh, I, I can appreciate that. The, the story of this was like that Cody was trying to play mind games with Okada, but that's easier said than done Like in storyline against Okada. Okada's a very street smart guy as it pertains to the ring. Kenny Omega came out, and he had the towel, which uh, for some of you who maybe hadn't seen Dominion, was a callback to the Okada-Omega match at Dominion when Cody Rhodes came out with the towel and was trying to throw it in. And the crowd was begging for Omega to throw the towel in. That was crazy. And the main event of this show that sold out in like in a day, the crowd was begging for it to have like a WWE impact, like traditional American wrestling ending. Literally they were begging for the survivor series. What was it? 94 ending with Backlund and Bret Hart. I thought that was kind of funny. But uh you know who says that New Japan can't tell a story? They told one hell of a story all weekend with Omega or yeah, with Omega and Cody Rhodes. Uh Rhodes, it's a Rainmaker on his own. I bought it as a finish because you had all those people wondering like, is Rhodes gonna win the ROH and the IWGP heavyweight championship? I thought that his work was really good in this match. Uh Okada hit the crossroads, too, and then a Rainmaker for the win. This was just real good. Real good? What what can you say? Uh, other than Cody Rhodes brought it, and you know, you'll know you have people that say, Okada oh, carried him. Well, maybe a little bit, but Cody Rhodes hung with him in there, and that's not always the easiest thing to do when you're in there with one of the best to do it right now. So that that was really good. So I'm, I'm going to talk Slammiversary. I'm going to talk Slammiversary. I had dealt with people that were like, there was a guy on my Twitter. I'm sure you all saw him that said like, New Japan will not make it in the U.S. I'm like, dude, they sold six thousand or four thousand tickets in a day, and they could have sold. God, they probably could have sold uh, fifteen thousand. It was it was unbelievable that that people will go out of their way to avoid objective truths. So Slammiversary. This this whole situation's a mess. The impact thing, like, you never know what's going on with them. The wrestlers that I spoke to had no idea if there was a name change happening. It's it's a weird weird situation, but there are some really good things on this show. So, Braxton Suter, Ali Mahabali, share defeated Congo Kong, KM, and Laurel Van Ness. I'm glad this got Suter. Van Ness and uh, Allie on the show because they deserve to be on the show. They had worked really hard. Laurel has committed to her character (laughs) unlike almost anybody I've seen. Somebody says 100 thumbs up and SRS gives his uh, his Lex Luger shirt away. Yeah, I'll do that. By the way, at 20K subscribers, I'm giving away that guitar up there. Mahabali Shara sucks so bad. He's so bad. And other wrestlers think that he sucks so bad. I've heard it from tons of them. It's good to hear Dom West again. But half the people in this match scream, please don't care about me. Whatever you do, don't care about me. Other than that, I didn't like the match. Uh, Kongo Kong is a really agile dude. He's somebody to look out for. This tag team title match. Oh, boy. Impact Wrestling needs some agents. Do you all know any? Because as far as I know, they fired all of them. They had LAX defeating Team AAA, Team Crash, and Team Japan, which included like Marafuji. Uh, Drago, King Cuerno as Phantasma. Like, you had a lot of guys. You had Garza Jr. Guys, this match sucked. This match sucked. And I thought this was a good move as the show opener. I thought it was sure to be good. I I left that in my notes. Early on, we saw like three of those come on and hit me spots where they trade. Like three times, three different combinations of people. Some of these guys had some trouble adjusting to that six-sided ring. Other than that, like there was a sweet Death Valley Driver from Ortiz, but there's a lot of bad to this match. Phantasma had one of the laziest pins I've ever seen in my life. LAX hit a really convoluted but cool looking sit down power bomb reverse net, neck breaker. This match really should have been good, but there were like repeated botches and errors and match or moves that were like waited on and made really really difficult when they didn't need to be. Uh, like this match was like ten minutes in, and I was like, this shouldn't be going on still. But they they didn't they didn't go home. Diamante got flipped onto a group of people, and then there was a spot where like she screwed up her knee. I don't know if this was the injury she came into the show with or it happened then, but she was hobbling and they still had her doing spots. It was it was not good. Something that was good. D'Angelo Williams, former uh, Pittsburgh Steeler running back, he didn't look bad, guys. He was very impressive. He looked a lot better than uh, than a lot of the people that I've seen WDB put out there at those Arnold Classic shows. Chris Adonis just towered over Eli Drake. I'm talking about the former Chris Masters. Sometimes I forget how tall he is. Moose and D'Angelo got the full like a cheerleader entrance, like a mini WrestleMania entrance. I thought that was really cool. D'Angelo did a cannonball, a frog splash. He didn't do half bad. Also worth noting this, Eli Drake did a power slam on Moose that kind of had to be seen to be believed. But D'Angelo Williams and Moose pick up the win. Not a bad match by any stretch. I like the EC3 James Storm match. As far as in-ring action, like you're not, it's, it's not up there with like, in, like most of the stuff from New Japan. But from a story perspective, they told a hell of a story. EC3 was trying to uh, eliminate that last relic of TNA wrestling of James Storm. EC3 came in with that that pape tan, and this was a strap match. And boy, did James Storm make EC3 feel it. EC3 kept kept trying to powder out, but he would get stopped by the strap, which I thought was kind of a cool dynamic that I hadn't really even thought of. Of course, I thought about him trying to run away, but just simply powdering out, that was limited for him. The thing is, you didn't notice a strap until you had to, and I thought that was really cool. EC3 gets handcuffed to uh, the turnbuckle after he tried to use him. I'm pretty sure EC3 told Storm to eat his ass. I'm, I'll get confirmation on that. Storm beat the crap out of EC3 with that strap like 32 times. But EC3 gets unlocked and unstrapped and then pulls Storm into the ring post, and that like knocks him out and ec3 beat him up and pinned him like mercifully like storm couldn't fight back he was out and it was this weird situation where ec3 looked like damn i really did do exactly what i was going to say i was just kind of trying to mess with you guys by saying i was eliminating this relic but i may have done that i don't know how i feel about that now and it was it was very interesting like they set it up really good to where you don't know what ec3 is going to do now um You don't know where Storm's going to be. You don't know what that means for them in this situation and uh, moving forward. Okay, surprise of the weekend. Joseph Park and Jeremy Borash versus Scott Steiner and Josh Matthews. This is a must-watch match, and I mean it. For uh, my match ratings, I gave the match a 4.25 out of 10, which is below average. I gave the segment... 7.25 out of 10 which is um good (laughs) very good i was glad to see the pope out there one of the nicest guys in wrestling matthews did a really terrible like chain wrestling series and disaster kick um he, he wrestled like a baby face matthews did he was in tough enough shape but he did this huge dive and the action spills backstage, and that's where the fun happens. They filmed this like the deletion skits, and it was real funny because Scott Steiner gets in a cart, and he says, Hey, Josh, let's chase down these fat asses and run them over, and he kept saying fat asses over again, it all over again. It was so great. It was so great. JB and Park sprayed a fire extinguisher filled with tapioca on – uh, Matthews and Steiner, which prompted Steiner to call them fat asses. Then they end up by a pool and Jeremy Borash back body drops Matthews into the pool and it's a swan Don. I died laughing at this. They're fighting underwater when all of a sudden this camera cuts and shark boy is in the pool. Shark boy. It was good. Steiner and a bit, or uh, Joseph Park are fighting backstage. And of all the people, Father James Mitchell shows up and hands Joseph Park the abyss mask. Yeah, that was a hell of a surprise. A great callback for somebody who's been watching Impact, TNA, uh, whatever the hell it's going to be next week for 15 years. Really good. I love that. I really love that. We're back at ringside. Sharp Boy tries to come out and save JB, but gets beat up. Then Abyss shows up. Josh Matthews gets black hole slammed on the thumbtacks. Then JB does a frog splash onto Matthews, onto the thumbtacks. He's got him sticking out of his hand. They get the win. That ruled. That was so much fun to watch. A bunch of people that I didn't give a shit about. And they made it so much fun. Right after that was Full Metal Mayhem. Interesting placement. I wouldn't have placed that there because they did a tack spot right after. Alicia Edwards did a really awesome dive. Like a lot of people don't realize that Eddie Edwards' wife is a, was a worker. But uh, there's this spot where Davey Richards like held open Eddie's mouth and did a super kick with packs in the mouth and all that stuff. It was, yeah, I'll, yeah. It was just. It was okay. It was there. It was a violent match, sure. Uh, Alicia and Eddie get the win. There, there wasn't a lot special here. The the opening spot, Alicia Edwards doing the dive, and the end, uh, like with Alicia, Sunset Flip powerbombing Angelina Love and Edwards doing the same to Richard off a ladder to a table, very cool spots, very cool. Sanjay Dutt versus Lowkey, two out of three falls match. Dutt won uh, Loki wrestling in a suit is like the dumbest shit. Uh, somebody asked what belt is that. There's an independent promotion in my area called FVWA, and those are a couple of their championships uh, that me and a partner were booked to win. Loki got the first fall, but he still looks like he's making an entrance in that suit. This isn't bad or anything, but this is not Dutt and Loki of 2004-2007. There was no reaction to this match. Uh, Dutt landed a, a nice acai moonsault and that moonsault foot stomp was really cool. It was just an okay match and it was the longest match on the show and it was quiet. All the main main uh, show matches seemed like they were budgeted for 10 to 11 minutes except for the the three male title matches. That was it. The one got 15 and two got 18. Sienna defeated Rosemary uh, to unify the knockouts and GFW Women's Championship. Sienna just ain't good, guys. She's just not good. There was a cool spot where she gnawed on Rosemary's thumb. That was neat. Rosemary's entrance is really cool. Uh, Sienna doesn't wrestle her size, but uh, the one thing, the one good thing I'll say about her, uh, she took the spider suplex well, which is. Where you're on the top rope and the person's hung up in the tree of woe and they lean up, grab the suplex, and uh, throw it. Somebody says Loki's doing the Agent Forty Seven gimmick. I don't give a shit. It doesn't work here. He looks stupid. He needs his own gimmick. Sienna hits Rosemary with a belt, gets the win. Or yeah, uh, Rose, or Sienna got the spear for the win. Wasn't good. Another bad match. El Patron and Lashley was a good match, though. They beat the turds out of each other early on. Dos Caros, who was El Patron's dad, and King Mo, one of Bobby Lashley's training partners, accompanied them to the ring. And Dos Caros (laughs) threw a horrible chop to King Mo, who had the most delayed reaction. By the way, Paige was ringside in the front row wearing a Dos Caros mask uh, watching the match. The 10-corner the ten punches in the corner got to stop. That match, that move is so stupid and so old. Lashley hits a super attitude adjustment. They took this sick dive, like Del Rio or El Patron did a Yolo dive, a big Yolo dive through the ropes, and that was really, really cool. Uh, Dos Carros kicked King Mo in the penis. Then uh, Lashley had to hold on to the top rope while El Patron did that dumbass stomp. Al Patron wins. It was, it was a good match, though. It was a good match. The crowd, I I just feel like at this point, the crowd kind of lost hope because some of the best things on this show they didn't actually get to see live. There really, there was a solid, like I, I want to say like hour and a half on this show mm-hmm. where you had the the D'Angelo Williams debut, which was good. EC3 and James Storm was really good the Steiner Borash stuff good and then the Eddie Edwards Angelina Love all that stuff like that was that was fun you could have fun watching that but the show wasn't good and that's unfortunate because impact needed a good show they needed a strong show because new japan was the talk of the evening last night's new japan show got more engagement from us than monday night raw and that does not happen it happens for wrestle kingdom and that's it you can say all you want about it not capturing the imagination. It, it did more comments. It did more clicks. It did more uh, views, more than Monday Night Raw. So it it just seems like impacts in an always the bridesmaid, never the bride situation. Like they can't win. They can't win for losing. They get some guys like they got Richards and Edwards when other companies wanted them. They got Moose when other companies wanted them. They. They got Sanjay Dutt when WWE wanted him, but, like, they got El Patron. A lot of people have wanted him. It just hasn't worked. I mean, NXT wanted James Storm. Like, somehow they keep getting these guys that other companies want. But it never works out because they keep guys like Mahabali Shera there. They've got a bunch of clones. Outside of that tag team division, that tag team division can be good. With, with those eight guys in the ring, there's no reason they should have had such a trash fire of a match. But then you had EC3 and James Storm who told a simple story. They didn't do anything crazy, and they did very good. They did great. You had four guys, three of which, who didn't even belong in a ring. Steiner didn't belong in that ring. Bora, Ash and Matthews didn't, and they had the most entertaining thing on the show. Man, somebody says thoughts on Pacquiao Horn. There's an abbreviated podcast last night on that. It got uh, shut down by Google part the way through because of a Google error. But we'll be bringing in more uh, Pacquiao Horn coverage. That was a hell of a fight. Great fight. Don't see all the robbery talk. I thought, thought Horn barely took it. Those stats are are trash, by the way. Back to New Japan talk. Kishida, Liger, and Finley uh, defeated Tanaka, Komatsu, and Yoshitatsu. The crowd was hot, even into the ref. I think Kishida is a very special worker. Jim Ross continued his bad commentary by calling the tempura boys the teriyaki boys. I thought Tanaka had a sweet double uh, wrist lock reversal on Kishida with Komatsu. They won, just wasn't very good. Jay Lethal versus Kenny Omega. This one started off fast and furious, and Omega attacked uh, the the uh injury of jay lethal. like kenny omega does something different every match whether it's a move a cell something he does different and it and it, it it makes it just adds a little bit of special to the match. lethal hits his uh, completely illogical finish very early which got him right into the mat back in the match. but still it's it's very good a good story of omega defeating a hampered lethal cuz i'm sure ring of honor wanted to protect lethal a little bit here. So he gets a win and loses to, like, the guy in wrestling right now in Kenny Omega. Tomohiro Ishii defeated Zack Sabre. Uh, Now, Ishii isn't necessarily my cup of tea, and you all will figure that out. He wasn't the main event, but but, uh, they beat the tar out of each other. Uh, Sabre tries to trade with Ishii, and Ishii just fires back with one and puts Sabre on his ass. That is storytelling. Like one guy's a better striker than the other one, but the other guy's trying, but the one who's not as good is trying to test Ishii. Doesn't always work out for you. Sometimes it does, but we got a nice mix of strong strikes and submission attempts here. Some incredible struggles to get the ropes. That's stuff I can appreciate too. Ishii gets the win. Another good match. Juice Robinson, Jay White, Dragon Lee, Titan, and Volador defeated Los and, huh, I had the worst. Time pronouncing that. De Hapon. One of the funniest lines on commentary there was a double kick to the ass, and Barnett says, That'll make your brown eye blue. Uh, Juice Robinson streamed for his opponent to suck it mid Russian leg sweep. That added a point to my match score for the night. Dragon Lee and Takahashi really slapped the shit out of each other. I didn't used to be a big fan of Takahashi either, but he's grown on me. It was a good. Finish this. I would have had Lij go over here, though. If you want to really establish them in America, some people don't know who they are. Like they're they're not as big here. Um, somebody says if Brian wrestles uh, again, one bad bump and he'd be paralyzed. He'd accept his in ring career is over. That's not that. That's not true. He he isn't in risk of paralysis. That's not the situation. He has a allegedly a lesion on his brain. So definitely doesn't – I mean, everybody's at risk of paralysis, but that's not his situation. Bullet Club defeated Elgin and War Machine. This was good too. Haku was there with the Bullet Club. That was cool. All these six to ten men tags are pretty good, but I, I wonder how long that it will be able to hold the audience's interest in America. Now, they announced that they're not coming back until 2018. I think that's a mistake. I would have come back in the fall. I would have definitely come back in the fall. Maybe ran Orlando, or something just you know somewhere that is is a known wrestling town. I would have, I would have definitely uh, went went for that. But but yeah, like it, sometimes it it just uh, it, it becomes a lot of the same. There's always the comedy spots and there's always all that stuff. But but like. That doesn't always work in these matches. Sometimes, it's like Marty Skrull has has become a big comedy guy in these these multiple per- person tag matches. So, but uh, Adam Page gets chucked around between Elgin and War Machine. That was so fun to watch. Like, not because I don't think Adam Page is like the guy that they want him to be, but it was just a good spot. Jr. tried to force, and everybody doesn't love Raymond Line. It was shitty, man. It was so bad. Tongaroa not selling anything per usual. Like, they want to make Paige happen. but There's a lot I didn't like about this match, but somehow they still made it really enjoyable. We get that announcement about a 2018 return. Got a good pop. Wonder how many tickets they'll sell. I would strike while the iron's hot if I were them. I would have had something set up for the fall, maybe... September, October, and I would have put tickets on sale like after this show. Young Bucks versus Roppongi Vice. I didn't like this match. This was a much slower pace than you'd expect. There was an inverted more bang for your buck, and then Trent kicks out because it kicks out of everything if you've ever watched a Trent match. And then I can't get behind kicking out of an apron pile driver, a running knee, then another pile driver within 25 seconds of each other. You know, I will defend the Young Bucks to my death that a lot of people don't understand them. They are essentially a parody of indie wrestling. They are like satire. They they're like they're in on the joke, but man, the apron pile driver, running knee pile driver kick out. I mean, Nick Jackson was standing up before he could even be thrown back in the ring off of an apron pile driver, man. That's That's that, that's that makes it hard. That makes it hard for a lot of people. There was a Meltzer driver onto the floor. They hit another in the ring. Uh, A nice tribute to Dave Meltzer uh, by the Young Bucks. Our condolences go out to Dave. He he lost his his father today, so uh, wishing the best for him. Also, condolences to the Hart family who have been always very great to me personally uh, on the loss of Smith Hart. Young Bucks win. Ricochet comes out. Takes out the Bucks, got a great ovation. He dropped a bomb on Lucha Underground, saying they're being pricks right now, and he wishes he could have been here sooner. Somebody asked if I could comment on how shit of a job JR did. Hey, is this your your first time here? I've been talking about the whole show. Ricochet also ripped. Yeah, he ripped that rock promo, and I don't like it. The finally Ricochet has come back. I'm like, dude, don't do that, man. That makes makes you seem second rate. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Give JR a break. Jesus Christ. No. No, it's his job. Get over it. We're going to criticize people who don't do a good job. I like JR. I get along with him. I've interviewed him several times. He didn't do a good job. Sorry. Not my fault he didn't do a good job. Rapongi's vice split after the match. I don't know what's up with Rocky Romero, but he turned down a WWE gig a while back. Uh, to stay with New Japan. Bretta moving to the heavyweight division. Hope he doesn't kick out of everything as a heavyweight because it would be kind of weird to see him kicking out of one-winged angels and rainmakers and shit. Bullet Club defeated Chaos. First time I've ever seen Skrull. Like, I saw him slap his leg for an Osprey kick. Uh, Okada, the Briscoes, captivating per usual. Jay obliterated Takahashi with a discus forearm. Jeez, man. Like, I mean, it was it was a sick one. Cody, uh Bullet Club win, and Cody really endears himself to the, the bullet to Bullet Club. I'm loving the story, the tease of like, is Cody Rhodes emerging as like that dude in the Bullet Club. I really like that. Roshi Tanahashi defeated Billy Gunn. Asses everywhere in this match. Thought for sure Billy Gunn was going to beat Tanahashi, walk through the curtain, and take out one of Haku's eyes, but it didn't happen. Uh, It was really cool to see Gunn adapting to Tanahashi's injured right arm. A lot of times you'll see people working the left arm. He adapted, worked the right arm, uh, the injured right arm. I mean, Tanahashi really shouldn't even be wrestling, as it is. (laughs) Tanahashi pulled Billy Gunn's pants down, and he had an extra pair of trunks on underneath Gunn does the same. Tanahashi does not. Gunn gave it everything that he had and pulled out all of his old tricks, the Fame Master, the the, the Jackhammer, like anything that he could drag out, he tried to. Tanahashi won after throwing a sucket and hitting a fi- high fly flow. It was fine. It was fine. The match of the evening. Kenny Omega defeated Tomohiro Ishii to become the United States champion. JR argued for the wrong pronunciation of Ishii's name. There was just this badass series of like near hits and misses to open up the match that really set the tone. They go into the crowd and it the, the pace slows. Then Omega hits this like loony topekan hilo onto Ishii, and I thought Ishii was done for. Like ten minutes in, he cracked his head on the on the not the not the ramp but the floor. It looked rough. The Young Bucks were down there talking to Omega. I thought he was trying to relay a message. Very fortunate that Ishii was okay, as far as we know. Omega follows up with the, the grossest-looking missile drop kick to the back of Ishii's head that I have ever seen in my life. It, it was really nasty. I also didn't – you know, I'm a big Josh Barnett color commentary proponent, but I don't like him using the term, This this is a work in the match. He said that about Young Bucks trying to work the referee. The words work and shoot really shouldn't even exist in a pro wrestling show. There was this outstanding part of the match where Omega is going for a snap dragon suplex off the apron through a table. And he full nelsons Ishii's arms and Ishii has to hold onto the rope with his teeth. With his teeth. Like the visual was so awesome and like you can only believe that Ishii after all those never open weight matches would be able to pull that off. It was really cool. A little bit uh, up on the spectrum of like, should is this within the realm of believability? But I didn't care. I liked it so much, I just didn't care. Omega hit that suplex, and it was gross. It was so gross. Snapdragon suplex off the apron through a table. Back in the ring, Ishii DDT's himself, or DDT's his way out of One Wing Angel. He's a lot more agile because he can't move any way besides, like, this. more agile than you would believe. There's a lot of 2.9s. Ishii lands a one-winged angel of his own. Thought it was over. Ishii kicked out of another sick knee. Then Omega gets the one-winged angel and wins. Cody Rhodes comes out, teases a split, then hugs Omega. I'm loving that tease. I don't think we're done. I think we're going to get an Omega-Okada match. I think it's going to be better than – Omega-Cody match. I think it'll be better than Okada-Cody as well. It's a great story of the power struggle because as Bullet Club have shown traditionally, they are not loyal to anybody. They're not. And Omega knows that. It's very much an evolution in WWE thing. Like Batista saw the writing on the wall after Randy Orton was tossed out of the group. He knew what was up. Kenny Omega knows the score deep down. He knows that he is going to be uh, turned on eventually. Just a matter of when. Just a matter of when. Uh, we're doing post-RAW, post-SmackDown shows. Yes, I am working the 4th of July. Got to be honest, I'm tired. I've watched a lot of wrestling this weekend. Had had to watch the, the Pacquiao Horn card. Uh, next weekend, International Fight Week, we have UFC Friday night, including our boy Fightful.com contributor Elias Theodoru fighting on the show. Saturday night is a loaded UFC card, and then Sunday, Great Balls of Fire. I think that New Japan had an outstanding showing for their first weekend. Could it have been better? Yes, it could have been. But I think they—I don't think anybody's walking away from these shows being like, damn, I wasted my time watching that New Japan show. This was Kenny Omega's weekend. And some wondered how they would use this show. Would they use it to establish a United States title and make this his weekend and establish him as... Like, you are our North American star. Like, it already has been. But, you know, to solidify it on North American soil. That's what they did. The other idea was, like, well, well, Cody cost him this match. And you set up something down the line. I think it spoke to how much uh, New Japan respects the American market that they, they went with the way they did. Because they didn't just use it to set up one of their shows on their soil. They used it to establish a championship on this soil now how that title is going to be used remains to be seen because they got a lot of titles you got the heavyweight title the junior heavyweight title the never openweight title u.s intercontinental six-man tag uh, the tag team titles and the junior heavyweight tag team titles that like every match pretty much now is a title match and don't know how I feel about that, but I mean, if you're going to run in Japan, you're going to run in America. Especially if you're going to step those up, I would do that. I would even consider doing uh, a shows and B shows in Japan, but I, I don't know how they draw in Japan well enough to to really say something like that. Um, we'll have an announcement regarding the future of Most Ridiculous uh, this week as well. Anna joining us on the SmackDown podcast as always. Alex on the Raw podcast. Thank you guys for sticking with me solo. Really, uh, really stoked that at 1 a.m., we get hundreds of people that come in and watch me talk about New Japan and impact. So uh, go ahead and submit some questions really quickly, guys. I'll get to that. I did a Fightful Books at last week uh, on Friday about production changes I'd make to WWE. So, uh, yeah. Somebody says. <laughs> What of uh, Omega's will Rollins steal next? Actually, I was talking to Dave Walsh on Twitter. How Omega steals everybody's finish, that should be Rollins' finish. Rollins' finish in WWE should be whatever his opponent's finish is. I don't care how ridiculous it is, how ridiculous it sounds. It needs to – I think it should be that. I I think that would be very cool. You can call it like the mirror image or some shit like that. And I think it would get over really well. Why doesn't New Japan have a women's division and women's title? I'm the wrong guy to ask ask that to. Uh there was definitely enough talent to make that happen. But they didn't. For whatever reason. They just didn't do that. And now they they've lost a lot of it to WWE. There is no Asuka. Hojo's gonna be over here. Like there's there's I know that just like stardom is over there, but they could, they could run one match. They could run one match. Killian Dane stole Omega's one-winged one, wing, one wing danger. Yeah, he did. Would you rather have a part-time champ like Lesnar or a champ that's full-time like Jinder? Ob- ideally, a full-time champ. What is the end goal of the Joe Lesnar feud? Well, it was just to hold Lesnar over, but WWE didn't anticipate this taking off the way it did, and I've heard that it's changed things. I've heard that it's changed plans a little bit uh, because they see that they have four bona fide, as I call them, I need to trademark this, American sirloin beef sons of bitches in Samoa Joe, uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman. They got four of their guys. They love those big heavyweight bruisers. They got four of those guys there they can work with. Sean, how about that D'Angelo Williams frog, frog splash? I was very impressed with D'Angelo Williams. Very impressed with D'Angelo Williams. I thought he did good. Who did Naito face again? Drawing a blank. Uh, he faced Ishii on night one, and then he was in a tag on night two. He's great. He's great. I used to hate him. I used to hate him. He was so vanilla. He was 2016 Roman Reigns is what he was. And you know, I've loved the booking of Roman Reigns since the Undertaker feud, and I've loved the booking of Tetsuya Naito since, since he turned heel. I, I just thought he's been great. Ah. Guys, I'm going to wrap it up now. Please give me a thumbs up, subscribe, all that stuff. Hey, we bring you these New Japan Live discussions all the time. We're there for them. David Tease covers them. Come in, hang out. Uh, Use our forums, please. Uh, I'd love to see you guys start a new topic on the forums. Just go there, get registered, absolutely free. Uh, We'll talk. I mean, there's a topic up there saying Fightful.com changed my life. You have no idea how much how happy that makes me. I've had people say that our podcast literally helped them cope with uh, like overcoming addiction. I never thought I would see something like that. That makes me so happy uh, to see that what we have done for the last year. Fightful turns one this week, you guys. Uh, has has taken off so well. I know that MMA isn't some people's thing. Wrestling isn't some people's thing. Boxing isn't. We got those nice filters on the main page. Look at our new main page. It's hot. I'm going to talk about adding some more sidebars over there to make navigation a little bit easier too, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Head over to our forums. Keep the party going, you guys. Start a forum topic. Thank you guys so much for joining me and listening to me blab and talk solo and, and all that stuff. And... um I'll answer this one last question. How many monitors do you have SRS? I have one right here, one to my right that I have your all's chat on, one to my left that I have my notes on. I have that one back there, which is basically an emergency PC. And I have my 55 inch 4K over here. So five screens, five screens in here. Yeah, my wife thinks it's ridiculous. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Hey, every day this week, guys, I'm celebrating Independence Day USA. Go follow me on Instagram, Sean Ross Sap. Hey, I'm going to kick around a new idea about buying shirts. Go buy a shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful slash Sean Ross Sapp as well. I'm going to swim over there, catch a sketchy and wrestling. Uh, head over there, buy a shirt. I'm going to kick around maybe uh, for people who buy multiple shirts, maybe having them having their choice of either booking a members-only podcast or having them on one. So, uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate
1: it.